Our mission is very simple. And some of you know our mission. That we exist to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that turns non-Christians into converts. Converts into disciples. And disciples into fruitful, mature leaders who will go out into the world and reach others for Christ. It's like they do the very same thing that someone else did for them. And so if you're here and you're saying, wow, I want to be a member, then you're saying yes to this. That's what you're saying yes to. You're saying, I want to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that will help non-Christians become Christians. And then Christians or converts become disciples. And then disciples into mature, fruitful leaders who in turn go into the world and then reach others for Jesus Christ. Someone did that for us. It's my turn to do the same thing. That's our mission. And it looks like, which is our vision, to reach the lost one relationship at a time. Vision will give us what it looks like. Our mission gives us how we do that. And we do it like this. That's why on Sunday mornings, if you, uh, if you can understand this, that our Sunday mornings, the messages and everything that we do, even our breakfast, is geared towards non-believers. It's to partner with you in your attempts to reach your family and friends. There is no place that I can find on this island that offers breakfast for $3 the way we do. I mean, this past Sunday, we had fried rice with Portuguese sausage, and I think it's like three fifty dollars or whatever it is with Portuguese sausage. Now, the only reason why I bring this up is not to make you hungry or to promote food. There's a reason why we do it like that. It's so when you invite your friends, you can treat them to breakfast. Or if they want to buy their own, they're like, you know, at three bucks, I can buy my own breakfast. So we do it like that so that you're not hesitant to say, well, I don't know if my friends can afford. I don't know if they come here and they cannot have food. I don't know. We want to partner with you so that you can reach your family and friends. We have free coffee, free tea, even that. Hard to get nowadays. But we do that with a purpose, and it's so that we can reach people for Jesus Christ. Well, what does it look like to be a member of New Hope Hila Hawaii? Well, as a member, part of the, and, and these are just key things, so you can write notes if you want to, but some of the key things are being a part of a family. It's about loyalty, that I'm loyal to this family. Almost sounds a little mafia-ish, but it's loyal. And you're not just being loyal to the church. You're being loyal to one another. You be, you're being loyal to who Christ called you to be and where he called you to be that you're specifically placed in a specific location so that you can do specific things for Jesus Christ. He is that specific when it comes to a calling. I mean, if you read how Noah had to build the ark and how they had to build the tabernacle, he was so specific in what he was doing and what he called them to do. That, that being a member of New Hope Hill Hawaii, I'm committed to this being my home and I'm committed to belonging here. I'm committed to being accountable that I want to be accountable, that I'm committed to fellowship because it's in that fellowship. And, and here's something that I don't think we all understand, and this is where every single person matters, that I may invite a family member or a friend or someone may come up on their own. Now imagine if we didn't fellowship, if we didn't do things together, and a new person came. And they didn't know anyone. It's hard to be involved. It's hard to connect with people. But 
Because we're all here, I mean, Hilo is only so big. Because we're all here, most likely when a new person comes who lives here, they will know at least one person in the church. At least one person. Maybe, maybe they're a, a, what do you call that, like an acquaintance or maybe it's a coworker, or maybe it's someone you met one time or grew up in high school with. You may not hang out with them, but if there's a familiar face, then Jesus might very well use you to reach them for him because there's a familiar face. So that's where it comes in. Uh, some people will ask, well, what else do I need to do in order to be a member? Now, there are commitments, but if we can get away from the what do I have to do and go to, Lord, what are you doing in my heart? Then being a member is not about what we do, but who we're becoming. Rather than the, uh, the legalistic side of if you do these things, then you're a member. If you don't do these things, then you're not a member. Let's not go into that. Let's go into the heart behind, Lord, who are you calling me to be? Because when the heart is there, then God can work on things. We may not get all of these things, everything that you see in the book, some things you'll be working on and you'll be working towards, but that doesn't mean you can't be a part of the family. Just like our children. I mean, we don't kick them out of the house when they're three years old because they keep breaking stuff. We do that when they're 18, but not when they're three years old. And so as we mature in Christ, He's going to help us in those areas. So I'm going to give you seven things, and I know this is not in your notes or in the booklet, but this is just to give you an idea of what we're looking at. Actually, it might be in your book, but uh, if it is, then great. If it's not, let me just check. Okay, this is before our core values, so where it has vision and mission, there are some notes there that you can take. Uh, Hopefully, you can catch all of this, but the first thing is to actively follow Jesus Christ and all teachings in the Bible. That's what I'm saying. Is that the back? Page 14. Okay, so page 14. Perfect. So page 14 has everything I'm going to talk about right now, that we actively follow Jesus Christ in all teachings in the Bible. I mean, I don't, I don't know of a single Christian person or someone who believes in Jesus Christ that says, well, I don't want to follow Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't not follow Christ and follow Christ. You can't not be a Christian and say, but I don't want to follow Christ. So actively follow Jesus Christ. The second thing is be actively involved in discipleship as a way of life. Now, we've done some things to our discipleship program that uh, we've revamped so that we all play a part in discipling. What we were doing is we were doing discipleship classes, which were great, and then we were graduating people, and then we tried our very best to get them we call it uh, involved or volunteer somewhere. But not too many did. And so we said, okay, we got to really think through, what does discipleship mean? What is a disciple? Well, a disciple is a learner. That's what a disciple is. So the disciples of Christ were learners of Christ. So a discipleship program is really learning from Jesus Christ. So the way we've revamped that is everything we do is discipleship. Everything we do is discipleship. From parking the cars to raising up our children in our nursery and team kids and little builders, cooking, cleaning, setting up, breaking down, worship, video, upstairs where they oversee the service. Everything we do is discipleship. And here's why. 
Because in a discipleship class, you can fake it. You can smile. You can say, oh, yes, I love Jesus. I do, I love Jesus. You can fake it. But when you're working with someone side by side, and it is, you know, stressful, true colors come out. And that's a good thing. Because how can I change if I don't know what to change? And here's where many people miss out on being a disciple of Christ, is when we go through that squabble, we leave the church. And Jesus is like, no, this is what I'm trying to work on in you. But if you keep leaving church and going to another church and that pops up and you leave there, I can never do anything grand in you. So when you are serving and you, you know, as, you, as we call it, you, you bump heads, that's a good thing. Only because it shows us what the Lord is working on. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing if I never work on it. But it can be a good thing when I say, Lord, this is in me. Um, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I, I, I shouldn't have said it like that. Can, can we pray together? Absolutely. And relationships are built. It's like a marriage. When you're having a hard time and then you make things right, isn't the marriage stronger after that? That's just like this family. We're going to have difficult times. But that's when we say to the Lord, Lord, I'm committed and I want to do well for you. So that's where our discipleship is. We also started our connecting groups. That's a way to disciple. It's disciples making disciples. Our small groups, our Bible studies, uh, our activity groups, all of those include discipleship. And anyone can disciple anyone. Anyone can. We can all disciple someone else if we're following Jesus Christ because he's the one that's going to guide us and lead us. The third thing is consistently pray for the pastors and leaders of New Hope Hila Hawaii. Uh, we pray for you, and when you do pray for us as well, that's what family does. See, if you can stick to this being a family, then it doesn't become, oh, so the leaders are better and we're not. No, not at all. You know why the Lord called me to oversee this church? I believe because I'm probably the worst sinner here. Saved by the grace of God, no longer doing things I used to. There's still some work to be done, but the Lord is not finished with me, and he's not finished with you. But I think all of us included can help one another become better and better and better. So pray for one another. The fourth thing is regularly attend services. The reason why we regularly attend is so that we can hear the heartbeat. We can hear the vision of the church, as well as when I cast vision about the direction that we're going. If you come sporadically, then you're going to miss here and there. That's why some people, when they come, you know, two months later, they're like, wow, a lot has changed. You know, I haven't been here for a while. So many things have changed. Some people move away. They move away for, you know, three years. They come back and, wow, everything's different. Well, it's different for them, but not for us who have been here attending every week because we're a part of what's happening. And, yes, it's different in the way of things have changed, but it's not a drastic change for those who attend on a consist consistent basis. The fifth thing is to be involved in the life and ministry of New Hope Hilo, Hawaii. And being involved, it's a tough thing because I know about time, work, children, tired, American Idol, Mary Monarch, and all of those things. It's a difficult thing to do because it's a commitment. But that's what family does. That's what families do. When, when you're son or daughter has a 21st birthday or an 18th birthday or a graduation, you're not going to say, you know what, I get American Idol tonight. <laughs> Just take pictures, video, and then I'll watch it later. 
You don't, you don't even think about that. Why? Because that's your family. Now, I'm not dissing anyone who went to the Merry Monarch. That's fine. The sixth thing is consistently support New Hope Hilo Hawaii through biblical tithes and offerings. Now, when Heidi and I first came to this church and we heard about tithes and offerings, it was hard. We just couldn't. We didn't have the finances for it. And so what we started to do was give what we could percentage-wise. We gave what we could percentage-wise. And then we slowly built up. That was our goal, that we would tithe. We had a goal in mind. It was to do what God called us to do. And it was to do a biblical tithe, which is a percent, not an amount. That's why I love when God says, give a tenth and give cheerfully. I can give God 10%. We gave up so many things. I mean, we gave up cable. Heidi didn't have a cell phone for decades. We gave up, uh, I think, newspaper, trash service and all of that. Gave up uh, eating out. We, we ate Simon for a long time during that period. And we still do. We did whatever we could so that we didn't rob God of what he owned. So I had to build towards that. And many of us struggle with that because we don't buy in to how the church utilizes the finances. But when you're part of the family, then you understand the vision and the heart behind why we do what we do. It's easy for me to sit back and say, no, I'm not going to tithe to you, Lord, because I don't agree with certain things that are happening. That's between you and the Lord, not you and New Hope Hilo Hawaii. And not to, it's not to condemn in any way. It's just for you to think things through. That being a part of this family, the body of Christ, really means you're part of his family. That he's the head of it. So being involved in the life and ministry, consistently giving uh, with tithes and offerings. But then the seventh thing, to support and live by the core values of New Hope Hilo Hawaii. Now the staff team and myself cannot do this alone. And we're going to go through the core values. It takes people like you and the commitments that you already give. Some of you already serve. You have been serving. Uh, many of you invite your family and friends. And, and you're doing an excellent job with that. And some of you, you're understanding now why we do what we do and the vision behind where we're heading. One of the key things that I see is that the volunteers that serve here who believe in the vision of this church, they give over and beyond. That's what you do. I mean, you, you give over and beyond your time, your heart, your effort, and what you, what you do with the gifts that God has given to you blows my mind. This church would not be functioning if not for you. Everything you do matters because you're doing it for Jesus Christ. And so when I see people serving in the kitchen or with our children or outside in the parking lot or during the week uh, building things, uh, cleaning up, helping, it just it reminds me that this is a family, that this is what we do. We do this together. Now here's our Big Island population. Uh, well, this is the Big Island right now. And I don't know if you can see it crystal clear because the blue is kind of there. But you have Puna, Hilo, Hamakua, Kohala, Kona, and then you have the Kau District. So you have these different districts. But the Big Island population, believe it or not, we have a, a, a oh, sorry, I just changed that. We have a population size of 186,738 people. 186,738 people. That's how much people we have on this island. So I thought, well, are we reaching 186,738 people? Apparently not. 
We would like to, and so does Jesus Christ. Hilo is 43,263 people. Our church size is 1,400. That's our average. So if we look at our average in who is coming to this church, then we're reaching about 3% of our average when it comes to 180, uh, excuse me, 1,400 people uh, that are attending here and 43,000 people in Hilo. We're reaching 3% of Hilo. That's how much people we're reaching, 3%. But when compared to 186,738 people, you know how many people we're reaching percentage-wise? We're reaching 0.75% of our island, 0.75%. You know what this tells me? Even though we have 1,400 people attending here and Easter was about 2,000, we never determine our effectiveness by how many people attend our church. We determine our effectiveness by how many people are not attending our church. Because we could say, oh, there are so many people at Easter. 2,000 people at Easter. Wow. And that's a great thing. I'm not trying to take away from what God does here. What I am saying is there's still people to be reached. We can never, ever, ever get comfortable because people are dying. And the reality is they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't. It's easy for us. We got heaven. We got something to look forward to. Oh, we got heaven. We're fine. We're comfortable. But what about your brother, your sister, your cousin, your auntie, your parents, your children? What about your neighbors, your coworkers? Where are they going when they die? They're going somewhere. Now, whether they go to heaven or hell, the issue is they're going to be in eternity. That's the issue. They're going to be in eternity. You can't say if they're going to heaven or hell. Neither can I. Because people ask that all the time. How do I know if my brother or sister went to heaven or hell? You don't. But you can know for sure if they believe in Jesus Christ. You might say, but they never said it. They never said the prayer. You don't know. You don't know if they believe in Jesus Christ. They may not be living like they do, but it doesn't mean they don't know Christ. But that's why it's so important that we invite our family and friends. Because even if they attended one service, let's just say they attended one service and they heard about Jesus Christ and that seed is planted. And then on their deathbed or just before the accident or just before something happens to them, they cry out to Christ. You know how quick your brain can think? It can think on a microsecond, the way God wired us up. And I'm wondering why he wired us up that quick. Before you say your word, your brain already did. And I believe he did that because on that instant when we say yes to him, it's a done deal because of what he did on the cross. But if they don't know, how will they make that decision? They can't. They can't. But because you introduce them to Jesus Christ, they can. So it's our vision not to be a big church. Our vision is to reach the lost one relationship at a time. In your book, we have our core values. And we're going to go through some of them tonight. 
So here at New Hope Hill Hawaii, we believe that this, number one, our daily devotions, and this is on page six. Thank you. See, family does that. They tell me what to do. On page six, the first thing is daily devotions and prayer are paramount to strengthening a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it says in Mark 1.35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. That's what he did. Luke 10.39, and it's talking about Mary and Martha. Remember that uh, story where they invited Jesus to come over to the house and, and Mary and Martha was getting things prepared. But when Jesus came, Martha was so busy doing the works to get you know, the house prepared, get dinner served, clean up, kind of like us when people come over. And then Mary went to Jesus and said, tell her to help me. She's sitting at your feet. Tell her to do something. Help me. I can't do all of this stuff. And Jesus said, Martha, you're so busy and distracted by all of these things. But Mary has chosen the important part. The Bible says in Luke 10, 39, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. For us here at, our, at New Hope Hila Hawaii, devotions are very important. Prayer is very important. How can we follow Jesus if we don't know what he sounds like? How can we follow God's voice if we don't even recognize it? That's why being in the Word of God is very important. When you're in the Word of God, you recognize God's voice more and more. You begin to see His heart. You begin to hear His, 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 uh, His discernment. He gives you wisdom, and He helps you because now we understand and can and hear His voice. So daily devotions. The second core value is that God values all people. Therefore, we value all people. Matthew 18, 14, it says, So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. That we believe everyone is important to God. So they're important to us too. That's why we do everything we can to reach people for Jesus Christ. Matthew 25, 45, it says, Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. In other words, he's saying, the way you treat other people is the way you treat me. So we got to treat each other well. Just think of somebody else that Christ is living in them, that they're Christ himself, and how would you treat Jesus Christ? That's what he's saying. And so we got to treat people well. The third thing is that everyone has a place to belong and serve. Everyone has a place to belong and serve. I know some people, they say, well, I want to, I want to teach I want to lead. I want to, uh, I want to be a worship leader. I want to uh, play on the drums. I want to be a musician. I want to uh, lead our youth. I want to lead a Bible study. And you want to do those things. Our part is to help you get there. That's where discipleship comes in. So that we help one another become all that God made us to be. And here's the critical part. And I said this on Sunday. It's that American Idol audition deal. It's when these non-professional singers, and some can sing well, some they're challenging in that area, when they come before the judges who are very experienced and they sing and they can't, and the judges say, maybe this is not your gifting. They get upset. Now, I've been in ministries where I would try and try and try and they say, this is not your gifting. Instead of me getting upset, I would say, okay, where is my gifting? What am I called to do? Who am I? Where are my strengths? Because I know my weaknesses. So 
I got to work on my strengths. Where are my strengths? What am I good at? God, what did you give me as a natural gifting? Because everyone has at least one gift. Everyone has at least one gift. You might be thinking, all I do is talk. That is a gift. No matter what anybody says, you're a great greeter. You're a great announcer. You're a great person to talk story with. God gave you a gift to talk. Some of you are saying, I'm very quiet, so I don't want to talk to people. You can fold bulletins. There's no talking required. Can you see my point? There's, there's absolutely a place for everyone. Everyone can serve somewhere. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one because they, had, they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? The one may be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him. And a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. When we serve, we connect with people. Everyone has a, a place to belong. Everyone has a place to serve. That's where we build relationship. That's where we can pray for one another. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. God called us to serve together. And I think when we understand that, then we understand that when we serve somewhere, when we belong somewhere, then we connect with people because it's to reach the lost one relationship at a time. Now, for the next couple of weeks, uh, three weeks more, uh, four all together, including tonight, we're going to continue to go through our core values and then go through what Foursquare is all about. Some of you are wondering what Foursquare is, uh, the beliefs behind Foursquare, who our denomination is, which is Foursquare. You're, you're going to learn all of that. So keep your books, okay? Keep your books. You can thumb through them and go through it. You can also go to our website, newhopehilo.org or foursquare.org and then you can do your own homework as well. But we're going to continue next week. I'm going to ask uh, Grayson if he can come to the piano. But we're going to continue on this next week. And I know there's a lot of words to remember and a lot of things to go through. But this is the best way for us to get a crystal clear vision of where we're heading and what this church is all about. So that when you invite your family and friends, you know where you're inviting your family and friends to. And that we can reach the lost one relationship at a time. Amen. And close your books and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. And even on the upcoming weeks, Lord, we know that you're going to do great things. There's much to cover because there's much that you're doing through these servants, through people here, your church. You've called us to a higher standard of, of living, Lord. You've called us to be your disciples. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but it does mean that we're going to partner together to reach the lost one relationship at a time. And so I pray for all of us as we head out tonight that we would be excited about what, about what you're going to do, not just tonight, but in the upcoming weeks. And as we understand more and more why we're here and who you made us to be, that together as a church, as Ohana, we can reach people for you. For that's the whole goal that you have for us because your desire is that none should perish. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. amen.